You're listening to the Fertility Academy podcast, episode 21. Today I'm talking about managing expectations with my dear friend Renee. This is a deep and juicy one, so stay tuned. Welcome to Fertility Academy, a podcast where we provide you with information and tools to help you optimize your fertility to grow your family no matter where you are in your fertility journey. We offer interesting, creative, and evidence-based information and give you practical tools to help you get closer to your goal of building a family. I'm your host, Michelle Kapler. I'm a fertility-focused acupuncturist and Chinese medicine practitioner, board-certified fertility specialist and fertility coach with over 10 years of experience helping my patients build their families. I'm so glad you're here with us. Let's get on with the episode. Hello and welcome. I'm so glad you're here with us today. I'm your host, Michelle Kapler. Today I'm talking with one of my dearest friends, Renee Pilgrim. She and I went to acupuncture school and she's my go-to referral for folks who are needing extra support in the emotional health part of things. In this episode, we're going to talk about managing expectations, sitting with limitations, managing expectations of others, and expectations for the care providers you're working with on your journey and a lot more as well. Before I play the episode, I want to offer Renee's professional bio. Renee began her acupuncture practice in Toronto in 2009. Since then, she taught at the TCM schools, mainly Eight Branches Academy of Eastern Medicine, produced training opportunities for professional development, taught workshops, and continued to build her knowledge and practice. In the last several years, she's been coaching, connecting people to their wisdom on their own bodies. Recently, Renee moved back to her hometown on the island of Newfoundland, reconnecting her to her roots, nourishing in, and cycling close to the rhythms of the seasons while watching the tides wash in and out. Currently, she's establishing an acupuncture practice in the Great Northern Peninsula. She's building a community, traveling the four-hour coast, planning workshops and retreats for her local and eventually come-from-away guests. Renee is registered with the NLCHP and the CTCMPANL. She's dedicated to the education and accessibility of acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine for those who can benefit, and in-person treatments, events, and online coaching. So without further delay, let's play that interview with Renee. All right, so welcome, Renee. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. This is so exciting both to see you and to be with you on your podcast. Congratulations. So great. Thank you. It's been uh, an interesting journey and putting myself out there in a different way. So I appreciate your support and encouragement. And I think I've already said this in the introduction, but Renee is one of my very, very dear friends. So it's really, really lovely to have her here with me today. So exciting. Thank you so much. I'm so proud. So today we're going to talk about managing expectations. And I think that that applies in a really interesting way to fertility. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. But first, I'd love for you to tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do and how you got into doing what you do. I started to study acupuncture in 2007 after becoming a patient and after having my life changed by it. And um, I started practicing as soon as I could uh, in 2009. And I interned with some really great uh, fertility um, specialists in uh, Toronto and did some study with other fertility specialists and 
you know, was a doula and had attended births and did a lot of work in, in that regard and worked a lot with people. And, and one of my, one of the things that I think acupuncture really did uh, to help support me was help dealing with my, um, my emotional landscapes and to be able to work um, with myself in a much more um, compassionate space of, of recognizing how patterns work and how we want to live in relationship with those patterns in a very um, open-hearted, compassionate uh, way. So that's the, really the biggest gift that acupuncture gave me. And I found that throughout my training and my internships and all of my different areas of study, I always kind of tended toward that, toward the classical acupuncture where you you begin your treatment of a patient when, you know, when you first have that, when you have the first conversation about booking, you know, and you're working energetically with them and to kind of get to know them and, you know, to my, uh, to my clinical integration work where I understand some of the conditionings that we experience as humans and how that affects our relationship to our bodies and to our health. And into um, just, again, understanding some of the classic Taoist principles um, of like what it means to be a human and to be living in this world. Uh, so all of those things have made me um, the practitioner that I am. And all of these things um, bring me to this place of um, being in relationship with myself in the medicine and also with my patients through the medicine. I would say that. So Renee, we've been colleagues in this medicine for over a decade at this point. And we've worked together in a bunch of different capacities. Um, we were students together and we practiced in the same city for many years. And at some point along the way, you actually came and worked with me at my clinic for a while while I was having my baby. And um, I've really come to regard you in our profession and in our local community although you're not in Toronto anymore, but, uh, you know, still part of the community. I've come to regard you as somebody who, if somebody's really having trouble with being stuck emotionally or just in relationship to their existence, I've come to think of you as the person that I refer those patients to. Um, you're so gifted at breaking people wide open in the best way possible. And I think that that can be something that's really important for some people in their fertility journey. And so we were chatting a little bit today about what we wanted to talk about on the podcast and you brought up managing expectations. And I think that there's so many layers to this, but the, the thing is that as acupuncturists, a lot of the time, well, not a lot of the time, because it's becoming more mainstream and well-known and part of research. But, you know, we are kind of used to being the last-ditch effort for some people on their health journey. They try a lot of other things. They do modern medicine. They try a lot of things before they come to us, and we're kind of their last resort almost. You know, we get to see a lot of those really complex cases that have tried 
multiple rounds of IVF, have tried all the medications and are just out of answers. And so, you know, we see people who have been on a long path before they even come to us. Mind you, we see people who are just at the beginning of their journey as well. But I think that creating realistic expectations can come into play at any point in the journey, but especially when things are kind of a lot further down the line. So I want to hear a little bit about how you think about managing expectations and how you work with your patients to manage their expectations for what treatment will provide them with um, at that stage in the game. Whoa, no problem. That was so much. I was like, oh my God, I hope she pauses. There's so much there to talk about. Um, <laughs> no pressure. I got this. Um, yeah, <laughs> just to say thank you so much because it's been so beautiful. Um, it's just been so beautiful to be with each other through these years as we grew as students and as practitioners. Like what a gorgeous thing. And, um, and yeah, like to be able to come into your space after, you know, you had your second baby and to be there to, uh, to work with you, but not really with you, um, but to work, you know, while you did that. And it was so gorgeous to, uh, have that and to be building this community together and, you know, in Toronto and in Canada, you know, because um, it really does take people who are very committed to different aspects of, of the world. And if people are listening to this, if they know us personally, they'll know that in so many ways, we couldn't be more different from each other. Um, and I think that's also what strengthens our uh, understanding with each other and our and our mutual support and my certainly respect for you and your work um, because it's you know it's we all approach the medicine slightly differently and we all kind of you know lean into it a little bit differently in terms of what it's brought us and how our per, how our particular brains work and how we are in relationship to our own selves and our own life right and so recognizing that i think the thing about chinese medicine and what makes it a beautiful um system a whole complete onto itself system of medicine is that it actually takes into account every aspect of a human being so body mind and spirit we are all held here in this medicine and um and some of us like some of us work uh work better in a in a in one department or another Right. So I really I really like and I mean, that piece about breaking people open. I mean, that's um, that does sometimes happen when people are kind of ready to be there. But what I tend to toward sometimes without even thinking is I just tend to to move in toward um, like who a person is in, in like in some essence way. And um, what holds them, right? And what what's important to them? Also, like how they hold themselves. Sometimes that's been some of like some of the work that I do is to kind of sit in that space with people. And when you're sitting in that space with people, and especially when things are at such high stakes as having a baby, because that 
that is one of the most fundamental impulses in us as humans, as animals, as life, is to create more life. And so to sit with someone when they're wrestling or feeling challenged, sometimes, like you said, sometimes we see people who've gone through it all. And now they're fine. And now we're Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like we're the only hope left, right? They've done it all. And here they are in our, you know, treatment room. And sometimes we get people who are just kind of, you know, starting out on the journey. And, you know, we, we see people in all phases of this, right? And then when they're sitting there and they're telling you, one of their life's goals, dreams, ambitions, hearts, desire is to have a child. Then, of course, it touches upon that very deep, you know, primal thing in us to want to support also that life, right? So um, there's all kinds of expectation in the room, right? So all the expectation is now there. All the desire is there. All the wanting, all the longing, all the hoping and wishing and dreaming. It's all very, very present, you know. And um, that can be a lot to hold for the person, you know, who's who's wanting to have a baby and for the person sitting across the treatment table from them. And we want to hold that in um, the softest, most potentiality you know, with the most potential that we can, right? And particularly working with people who've already been challenged in so many ways, we also want to hold it with a lot of grace and compassion for the journey that they've already been down and for um, a potential outcome that is not what they desire. And I think the reason why when you asked me, you know, talking about this podcast, I've done some coaching with um, practitioners. And I've done uh, certainly a lot of coaching with clients over the years to talk about these very, very things. You know, and I've, you know, I've had, you know, all of the experiences that one could have. People who get pregnant right away, boom, amazing. People who are like, you know, they take a little bit of time and you're like, great, that happened. People who I don't hear from until years later when, you know, um, they've already had their baby and now their shoulder hurts and they're coming back just for regular treatment. You know what I mean? And they're like, oh yeah, that worked. And I'm like, okay, yeah, great. <laughs> I'm so glad. Cause sometimes you just have no idea. And also for the people who, who it doesn't work, you know, where, you know, you've been working for a while and when I, and when I say it doesn't work, it's, it's where like they're not able to get pregnant and, um, and they're doing it all. Up for the blood work every morning, they're taking all the drugs, they're getting all the acupuncture, they're eating all the foods, getting all the exercise and all the sleep, and there's no answer on either end of of the the medicinal spectrum, east or west. There's no real understanding why. So yeah, so holding that space for people and managing those expectations on a daily basis, and then throughout the course of of treatment. 
how do we do that? Yeah, and I think it's helping people come to their own understanding of how they personally manage that as well. Because there's the relationship that somebody would have with their practitioner for the limitations of treatment. And this could be any type of practitioner. It could be Chinese medicine or it could be fertility medicine being their doctor, their fertility clinic, whatever they're working toward to achieve their health goals. And so there's this balance between creating possibility and hope while still sitting with that possible limitation that can happen. So how do you advise people to manage this duality that happens? You know, do you have any simple and non-cost prohibitive tools that can help manage those expectations when a person is kind of in the thick of things, you know, really in the eye of the, the hurricane, so to speak? How do you help your patients manage those things? You know, one of the first conversations that I always have with my patients is I ask them, like, if we were to go back to an essence, what is it that they're looking for? Because a baby can actually mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people, right? So sometimes a baby is, um, you know, shared love. Sometimes that's what it means. It's like, this is, this is a physical representation of our love. Sometimes it means, uh, you know, growing the family, the extension of our love and our beingness together in this, in this, um, you know, in this life, in this pod, you know, in this like, in this cacophony of movement and, you know, uh, that is people in relationship together, right? Sometimes like it's the family lineage. Sometimes it's, it's like, it's a company. Sometimes it's, it's, um, you know, it's to find somewhere to kind of put love. You know, there's all kinds of reasons. And so I like to kind of know that a little bit. Of course, those aren't always comfortable questions for people. And it's a little bit weird. They're like, dude, I'm here to like get acupuncture, uh, have a baby. Why are we talking about this? But I do like to somehow go into a little bit of those conversations and maybe not to the depth that we're speaking in this moment. But, you know, again, working with each individual client to kind of feel that out. But it's kind of nice to to know because as we kind of start working and developing that relationship, I know what it is that I'm supporting. And uh, intention is really powerful. And there's a lot of studies that uh, show us that, you know, the power of our intention is very, very powerful for me as a practitioner and for each individual, right, in, in their life goals. Um and so I talk about it that way. And then I ask, like, and because when you when you want some place to put love, um, then it becomes a question of like, um, sometimes we don't get to decide. And so one of like a conversation that I might bring in with patients is kind of like, can you even see yourself? Can you see yourself? Can you feel yourself with a baby? And um, I'm not much of a magical thinker even though I do believe in magic, but I, I actually, I actually really believe that it's nice to be able to have a feeling of that in your body and have like a feeling of that in yourself. Because, you know, the one thing we know about the world and the universe is like, we don't get to decide anything. 
actually. Like we really don't. I mean, coronavirus can happen to anybody anytime. Like we are now living in a pandemic where it's proven to us that things can get turned upside down very quickly and we do not get to control everything. And that's very, very difficult for people. We don't get to know everything. And that's really hard for some of us. Some of us, you know, I'm a little bit, I tend to function a little bit okay in chaos for whatever reason. And some people really can't, you know, they need a structure and they need a plan and they need a schedule every day. So those clients are going to be very different clients that I'm working with, and they're going to require very different skill sets and understandings from me, right? But that's probably one of the first thing I get people to do is kind of like, how, how do you feel in relationship to the idea of having a baby? Where, where is that in your body? You know, what are some things that concern you about the whole idea? We have those conversations. And I ask people to be a little bit realistic with themselves and to be honest in a kind and compassionate way. So I guess the short answer to that long answer that I just gave you is I ask people to look at actually what it is they want, where they want it, and be kind and compassionate with themselves around what they want and also what they're afraid of. Well, that's huge. I know. Trying, I'm trying to be like a little bit, but honestly, this is what I do. I mean, if you want, you know, and other things I get people to do, like, you know, other like non-expensive ways or, you know, very easy things people can take. I get them to go out and appreciate life in all its its forms. I'm like, I want you to go outside and especially outside because life is very, very rich and very vibrant in that, you know, in nature, nature is what we are. So I'm like, go outside. I want you to watch sunsets. How beautiful is that? Right. Watch the sunrise in the morning. Look at that energy of of life waking up again. You know, Um, watch the buds in the spring, you know, watching the change of seasons. I'm really being in touch with a lot of that. And sometimes what that becomes is a meditation. It's a way of calming the nervous system. It's a way of getting the body-mind connection to grow. And that becomes that can become very, very important for people who are trying to be pregnant. That's great. Thank you so much for that. that I think that'll really help people visualize. So I think another aspect that I want to chat about is managing expectations of others. Because infertility, I think that a lot of people, especially the people who are going to become pregnant or who are culturally expected to become pregnant, can tend to get a lot of outside pressures, unsolicited advice, family pressures, cultural pressures, a lot of expectations of others. And so do you have any advice for people when they are trying to not only hold and manage their own expectations, but also walk that line with other people whose expectations are in the mix as well? I feel like I want to tell you something that people may or may not want to know or understand or even care about, but something that's really important in this medicine Um And also like in the Taoist uh, tradition and understanding, right? 
especially for women. Our heart, right? Our heart is like if you picture a heart, even if it's a Valentine heart, it doesn't matter. A Valentine heart in the center of your chest, okay? It shares, it shares, um, it has a lot in common when we're treating like, you know, uh, uh, people with wombs in their body, right? So anyone who has a like a womb in their body, the heart and the womb are connected. So the womb is like an upside down heart. So anyone born with that reproductive um, system within themselves, that heart and womb relationship are a very, very big deal. So a lot of our hopes and desires uh, we hold in our heart, right? And our mind certainly has a lot to do with it, but our mind, that's where our expectations are is actually in our mind. And so getting pregnant um, is heart work. Now you can get pregnant in all kinds of ways. Like there's a whole, we can go in like, that's not what this conversation is. People get pregnant in all kinds of situations where the, their heart is not necessarily engaged. It's a purely physical, physical act. Okay. But if someone is choosing to be pregnant and go on a journey to be inseminated, however that happens, that is a conscious choice. And that involves heart work one way or the other. And then having to negotiate the world around you and the expectations of other people around you. So sometimes that's partners. Sometimes that's your family members, like, you know, your own parents, right? Sometimes that's, um, you know, people at work, friends. When are you going to get pregnant? You guys haven't started trying yet? I want a grandbaby. Like there's a lot of pressure, right? And every time we want to set a boundary, because that will be kind of what's required, that also involves heart work. And so um, and anytime there's heart work, one of the biggest tools that we always want to be mindful to bring in is compassion. Because we want to have compassion, because as much as, you might want to be annoyed and pissed off at those people. And honestly, they really don't have a right to put that pressure on you to have that unsolicited conversation. That's very true. It's also because they're managing their own expectation and they don't know. So it's nice to kind of hold that with a little compassion. And it's also very important to be able to say with, uh, with grace and with integrity that this is not a conversation that you're interested in having with them because, uh, and you don't actually even need to give them a because. And now it's up to you, whoever they are. Maybe if it's like your mom, you could be like, listen, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working with the possibility of being pregnant And uh, you can say whatever you want. I'm like, it's challenging or whatever, but it's not a conversation you're comfortable having. And it actually doesn't feel good. You know, it doesn't feel good in my body to have to answer that question. Or, you know, it actually makes me a little bit sad to not have the space to do this um, in a way that I need to for myself. And, you know, 
and I appreciate that you want to support me and you're excited for me and that you want this for me and I get that, but you're going to need to some space from that. And that's hard boundary work, right? But it's also really, really important. And it's also really important to be able to say to those people, I need you to kind of back off a little bit because sometimes you might need to say, hey, listen, like I'm having a really hard time and now I need to lean on you a little bit. And I don't need you to give me advice because I'm working in the ways that I'm comfortable working. Maybe I have a team of people who I who I trust and respect to help me along the way. And I appreciate that that was your journey, but our journeys are going to be very different. And right now, maybe I just need to be sad or I need to be excited. And I just want to have those feelings with you without it being about what you think I should do. Right. And um, I don't think we're very equipped, well equipped in our society to do that. You know, we're always so worried about what the other person thinks or, you know, what what they're going to think of us. And, you know, I'm not I'm not a parent for the record and transparency, but I can say from what I've experienced from the outside, being a parent is already very challenging. And I think one of the things that maybe being a parent teaches you is it really does teach you what priorities are and who your priorities are. And sometimes having like having like the talkers around you, they're not, they don't need to be your priority. And so I think before sometimes people get pregnant, these people are, they're, they're so worried about what other people think. And then after and they have a baby, they're like, I really don't care what you think. I'm busy. My life is full enough, busy enough, rich enough that I really don't have time for this. And so I always, um, at some point it comes up in one form or another, I will often say, and this prepares you for parenthood. Being uh, in the unknown is apparently what parenting is all about. So right now, before conception, you are in the unknown. (laughs) So it's basically like having a teenager. Now you're managing a lot of like hormones in your own body. And um, yeah, right. So it just kind of expects you, prepares you for the unexpected. And it teaches you to where to put your priorities and how to create boundaries with people. I would say that I wholeheartedly agree with that last little bit that you were talking about. I have this conversation with my patients in clinic on a very regular basis. And for me, lately, it's been mostly around the concept of anxiety and sitting with that anxiety. And a lot of it has come up in my patients who have had recurrent miscarriages or have experienced losses in the past with pregnancies. And they they get pregnant again. And they'll say, okay, well, you know, I just have to get to the 12 week ultrasound and then I'll be able to see the baby and I'll know the baby's okay. And then I can just relax and I won't have to feel this anxiety anymore. And I say to them, I hear you. And it's good to do things one step at a time, but there's another aspect to consider that once you become a parent, your nervous system changes forever. (laughs) And that little piece of you that's always wondering if your child is okay 
just never turns off. And so your work is to figure out boundaries with that anxiety and how to sit with that anxiety and how to figure out what your tools are to deal with that anxiety because the training starts early, especially for people who struggle with infertility, especially for people who struggle with recurrent pregnancy loss, you know, that very deep connection that your nervous system forms with another human being starts way before the baby is born. And so we get this training as we move towards becoming parents before we're actually physically parents. And so I I really like the way you put that. Thank you. Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, So Renee, one more conversation that I wanted to touch on is a bit more of a pragmatic one. I think that people seek out acupuncture and Chinese medicine in the context of fertility for a lot of different reasons. Um, A lot of people come to the treatment room with different types of objectives. And so um, I think that can also be applied in medical context, um, in working with a fertility doctor or working with a naturopath or working with a psychotherapist or whoever you choose to be on your team. I'd love to talk a little bit about expectations for your care providers and and what all of that looks like. Now, do you mean expectations that a patient would have for their care providers or um, care like what expectations your care providers have for their patients? Um, I would say if we're speaking to a patient right now whose objective is to conceive a child, I think that it's interesting to think about expectations that the patient would have with the practitioners that they're working with. And I'm wondering if you wanted to share a few thoughts on that. Yeah. So as a patient, I think it would be really important to um, expect your practitioner to know what they're doing. I mean, I think that's important. So, you know, um, I would completely understand if a patient didn't feel comfortable with me because I wasn't a parent. I would understand that, actually. But as a practitioner and as a human, I know I would have a lot to offer, like through my experience and through my training. But I could see that they might think that I wouldn't know what they were going through. And you know what? You never fully know what any person is going through. But that doesn't change an opportunity for us to be there compassionately. I would expect compassion, most of all, from any practitioner. And I would want to, one of the things I've said to uh, patients in the past is, you know, do you, do you feel supported by this person? Right. Or do you feel like, you know, you're just kind of in there like you want to feel supported because when you have questions, you want the you want the person on the other side of you to have time to hear that question. Now, they may not have the answer because sometimes there's no answer. Right. But to be able to be heard is so important. Expect that from your people. Expect that you walk away with maybe with not answers, but with being heard. 
That's really, really important, um, especially in this kind of work. You know, um, you want your practitioner to try different approaches. If you've been doing something for a while and, you know, and you don't feel like it's, um, you know, working for you, ask them. You want to be able to feel comfortable to be like, you know, I'm not sure. We've been doing this for a while. Can we talk about it? And you want your practitioner to be able to give you um, an, a conversation. I mean, in this in this business, even changing the flow of a period, I mean, it, you can change it like in a short period of time. For but but for that to sustain itself, like you know, some of our some of our teachers would have said like a year minimum, three years to change like really how a period uh, flows and functions. So that's quite a period of time, right? Like if you're someone, if you're a patient and you've gone through, um, you know, multiple like opportunities, fertilities, miscarriages, um, you know, like unsuccessful uh, transfers or, or IVFs, like, you know, you've been down this road. And so sometimes people come in a little bit nonchalant about the whole thing. They're like, well, this is just, I'm just, now I'm doing like round four. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, you want someone who's going to maybe give you a different perspective, you know, or someone who's going to be like, okay, so yeah, you've tried this and this and this. How can we look at it differently? How can we kind of go backward and expect someone to want to sit with you and do a little, have that little bit of an inquiry, you know, and to not be scared. You don't want someone who's going to be a fear mongerer. You don't want someone who's going to like, like boast, you know, like I've done all of this. It's like, well, we want to look at this in a realistic way and again with grace and compassion you know like you want whomever is sitting across from you to get it to get that this is difficult waking up early in the morning to go get blood work to make all of these appointments a week to be spending this kind of money in the middle of a pandemic you know christmas is coming like there's so many things in our lives that we're holding space for you know and you want someone who's going to be like yeah dude like this is a lot. And I've been a person who I said to my patients, I've been like, yeah, this is a lot. You know what? If you feel like this is a lot, what I hear is this is really stressing you out. So why don't you take some time? Why don't you choose to take a little bit of a time away and give yourself a little break? And you want to someone who's not going to be afraid of that, right? Someone who hears your struggle and is able to say, yeah, I hear you. What is it that you need right now? You just want a little, you want the weekend off. You want to eat whatever you want. You don't want to go for that blood work. You know what? You don't want to, you don't want to like count the days before the next period, maybe or not. Yeah, then don't do that. You know, it's, and that's okay to do. Because again, it comes back to nurturing that very um, deep seated desire just for life to promote life, right? And if we're running around in circles all the time, what kind of life is that? So let's come back to a deeper breath, you know, a more ex feeling of expansive joy and just an appreciation of the life that we already have. 
That's great. Thank you. And I would just like to add one more thing, if I may, which is that if you're working with somebody, I think it's also important to expect them to know their own limitations. And so if you're working with somebody, whether it's an acupuncturist or a naturopath or a psychotherapist or a fertility doctor, a reproductive endocrinologist, a gynecologist, you know, anybody on that list, you should expect them to know when to say what I'm doing isn't working for you. And so let me suggest an alternative. Let me suggest another person that you could work with. Let me refer you to a colleague who is maybe more experienced or might have a different perspective or might be able to offer you some tools that I can't. And I think that that is part of truly cutting edge medicine to be able to hold multiple perspectives simultaneously and know what our own limitations can can bring to the table. Yeah. And as a practitioner in whatever field, I think, I mean, that that's actually what makes you a better practitioner. I mean, how many times have I stepped out? Like, so, you know, the thing about an experienced practitioner or, you know, someone who's attentive, we should have an idea of what where we expect things to flow out, right? So I'm an acupuncturist and, and like, yeah, like I've done this work for a while, but sometimes I'll get to a place where I'm like, yeah, like, mm, no, we need something else here. You know, so I have like, you know, um, especially in Toronto, and I'm building that here also in Newfoundland, right? So I'm building osteopaths that can support me, RMTs that can support me, you know, other acupuncturists. I mean, in rural Newfoundland and other acupuncturists, it's kind of hard to find. But, you know, but I, I want to, I, you need to build those communities, you know, and working in Toronto and working at your clinic, I mean, it was fantastic because I could be there in like, you know, in like five or, you know, seven treatments or sometimes, sometimes with people I know after three and I'm like, mm, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think, I think we want to look at it in this way or like just working with the person and what their needs are. I'm like, I don't feel like I'm actually meeting your need, you know? And so sometimes if I try to have that direct conversation with the patient, that can be uncomfortable because we're taught actually to be pleasing, especially if you're raised uh, um, as, a, as a woman. We're taught to be people-pleasing, so they don't always want to tell you, right? But I like to open that up. And so if I don't feel like I'm meeting a person's need, then I'm really happy to be like, I actually think that this person and their approach I think that would suit you better. I think you would get the information in a different way that you would like. I think I need them to have a different set of eyes on your condition and to maybe treat you in a different way. And to not be afraid to pull in whomever that you need. Like I'll never forget one of the one of a person that I treated a while ago for fertility. And it was a really hard thing and we were meeting. We had met a couple of times and there's one time we were having a conversation and um, she wasn't getting pregnant and there was nothing, there was nothing that can be found, which is very, very common actually. But anyway, we were having a conversation and it turned out we were having a conversation about the fact that her mom had died. And the idea of having a baby without her mom there was so sad for her. It was so, so sad. 
And once we were kind of able to identify that a little bit and talk about that a little bit, I don't remember seeing her. I, maybe I saw her a couple times after that. But a while after that, I ran into her and her baby. And what she uh, said was that that was a very big moment for her. And just having that acknowledged. And she needed to talk about that a little bit more. And so she went and got some grief work done. And in getting that work, it actually helped her heart, which helped her uterus, uh, and a whole bunch of other things that really helped ease a lot in herself. And she became pregnant and has this like super cute little baby. I mean, so weird, weird things like that happen. And so sometimes we want to be open to stretching out our circle of care and inviting other people in and trusting our practitioners to want to invite people um, on our behalf. Wonderful. Well, I have to say that talking with you today has been wonderful as it always is. Um, But if somebody has been inspired by today's conversation and they want to work with you or talk with you a little bit more, um, let's chat a little bit about how you're available to people. So I know that you're no longer in Toronto. You're now living on the uh, Great Northern Peninsula of uh, in Newfoundland, uh, St. Anthony. And so you're seeing people in person there for treatment. So if anybody's on the east coast of Canada and would like to see Renee in person, then that's how you would uh, touch base with her. But you also do some virtual coaching. Um, so you can connect with anybody uh, via virtual means. And so if you could let everybody know how they can get in touch with you, that would be great. Yeah. Um, well, everything is in flux. I'll say that right now, just because of, of the move and everything. But I'm always at ReneePilgrim.com. So you can always kind of find me there. And uh, anything that's Renee Pilgrim, Renee TCM Pilgrim, um, on Instagram, I think I'm Transformaven Renee. Um, well, I know I am. I'm, I'm Transformaven Renee on Instagram. But you can find me, and I do. Um, I mean, I have I have time uh, for uh, people, and I I try to not have a lot of individual um, uh, uh, people in coaching uh, throughout the year, but I definitely hold space uh, for some people who want to do shorter periods of work. Um, And sometimes that's just to be held while they're kind of processing something, right? So I like to do, I really like to do that work in short uh, stints with people and then uh, longer group programs. And yeah, and my in-person work. I'm very uh, delighted to be embracing the yin, which is probably a mission I went on a few years ago, was to really get more in touch with that. And something I encourage my patients to do, especially when they're getting pregnant. And so moving to uh, the Great Northern Peninsula here in Newfoundland, where I'm close to the Atlantic Ocean, and things are ve- things things are slow here. So I'm definitely have a closer relationship with the yin energy. And sometimes I think we just need to tap into that. And for sure, if I can be a, if I can be a vehicle and an opportunity for people to tap into that, 
I'm I'm pretty well nourished by it here. So feel free to reach out for sure. Wonderful. Thank you. And so I'll make sure that I put all of that information in the show notes so people can click on it and connect with you easily if they want to. Renee, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming on and chatting with me about this stuff. It can uh, it can get a little bit mushy and deep and squelchy sometimes, but I always love that we uh, we get through the mud together. So thank you for being here with me. And I'll look forward to having you back again sometime. Thank you so much. This was fun. I mean, it's so funny because like I always feel because, you know, these are the conversations that we have regular, you know, and it's um, anyway, it's really beautiful to talk to you and to be able to share that. And uh, it's a hard journey that fertility people can be on sometimes. So I definitely hope uh, that their heart feels touched and somehow this can serve them for sure thanks for having me michelle amazing thanks renee so that's gonna be it for me today i'll be back next wednesday with another episode until then take care thank you for joining us on fertility academy we hope you enjoyed the episode if you loved our content today please be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts and share it with someone who you think might find it helpful Don't forget to subscribe to be the first to be notified of new episodes. A new one comes out every Wednesday. To keep in touch with us and to continue the conversation, you can find us over on Instagram at Fertility Academy or join us on our private Facebook group, the Fertility Academy Community. 